0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. We are back with another episode of the testudo talk podcast. I'm Emmett Siegel as always here with Andrew Chotis. Andrew, it's been a couple more days. We're going to focus this episode on the Penn state football game that's coming up, but it's been a couple more days since that Northwestern game that you were at, that we all watched. And we gave a, I think a pretty honest instant reaction to that game. Um, Before we start getting into Penn State, and and I promise that's what this episode will be about for the listeners that that saw the title and we're we're hoping for that. But I think we should maybe rehash it just a, a couple days later. Where do we think maybe this team stands as we head into the final month of the season that maybe, you know, right after the game we didn't see before? How have your opinions maybe changed over the last couple days?
1: I don't, think I don't think they I don't think they uh they've changed that much I, I think in the grand scheme of things I think it was a really 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 tough loss for the program especially in, in the direction uh they hope to be going into this season and that's it's a game you just can't lose and they didn't have it um uh the result is what it is for them uh you're five and three and you have four games to to go against four really good football teams um so I I think that starting this weekend with Penn State it's worth we're, we're gonna really see what the Terps are made of.
0: Yeah, and I do want to talk a little bit maybe about uh, the weekly press conference that we got on Tuesday. I thought Mike Loxley was was very honest. Um, And we've seen that a a bit from him this year, maybe more than in past years. But for him to say, kind of going against what he said at the beginning of the season, where we're just not there yet, um, we're not at the point where we can actually start competing for Big Ten championships. I appreciated the honesty. Now, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people read that and were like, you know, well, of course, why'd you say that in the first place? A lot of people putting the blame on him. But even so, just to like to see that honesty, um, and to see some of the players, Bo Braid, Roman Hemby acknowledging the fact that this team is in a bit of a tailspin right now and they need to pick it up. Um, I thought it was a bit refreshing. Um, but even so, the month of October for this team was a complete disaster. You know, on the field, they lost three of three games. They they went winless in the month. Um, you had the off-the-field stuff, you had Kevin Sumlin getting arrested, you had Josh Gattis uh, involved in the in the Michigan probe, or at least named in a, in a Sports Illustrated report, and then you had uh, Tyrese Chambers, a wide receiver. He left the team during the bye week for personal reasons. Um, so uh, yeah, a lot of off-the-field distractions going on with this team. Um, do you think maybe that, that seeps into their minds at all, or do you kind of just think they end the season just forgetting that all and kind of are able to flip the page here as we enter November?
1: I think it has to a little bit, right? I I I think that I think that they're human beings, I think that when you have one uh, a teammate leave the team, um, a coach leave the team, I I think that has to affect you on um, on some level. But I think it's also when you look at the two games, it's two one possession losses, games where they had chances to win, and it's just I I think that's really the demoralizing part because they really were just a a, a player two away from being seven and one right now. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's internally, if I, I'm, I'm going to assume it's, it's really tough for them. And I, 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 I don't, I think it's going to be unbelievably difficult, um, for them to kind of re- uh, regroup and, and have, find some success towards the end of the season. I might be wrong. I, I don't know, but I just see it being very, very difficult, um, for them to have all this momentum and confidence, even externally, and then kind of see it, um, deflate in front of their eyes. But, They have a huge opportunity here, obviously against, against Penn state, Uh, Maryland's still looking for their, for their first ever ranked big 10 victory, which is a pretty ridiculous uh, statistic, but we'll see what happens at home. It'll probably be more Penn state fans than Maryland fans, but nonetheless a a home game to, to, to build back some momentum.
0: Yeah. Like you said, a lot of people had this game circled in the preseason as maybe Maryland's going in seven and one, maybe Penn state's going in at seven and one, uh, you know, potentially a really big matchup, and you know, even though Maryland has struggled of late, and you know, Penn State uh, lost to Ohio State, they they only have one loss. They're they're still kind of on track, but maybe hasn't looked quite as impressive as they were hoping um, in in recent weeks. There's still a lot of buzz about this game. This is still a huge game for both teams. You know, this is this is Maryland's chance to not only get back on track, but like you said, get a monumental win at home. It's obviously going to be you know a split crowd, but uh, but should still be a pretty good one nonetheless. And then for Penn State, looking to bounce back. Let's segue into Penn State um, and and what this team has been about. Um, Ranked a little bit higher in the AP poll than the college football playoff poll. The playoff poll put them at 11, um, which is a couple spots higher than where they were. in the AP poll, but nonetheless, still one of the best teams in the Big Ten, probably the third best team in the Big Ten. Their one loss this season came to Ohio State. Hard to fault them for that. That was two weeks ago. Um, A really good defensive performance from them. That's the strength of their team we'll talk about. Their offense completely sputtered, um, really poor performance against a really good defense that Ohio State has. But um, but we definitely saw the question marks continue to get raised about that Penn State offense specifically about their quarterback. But that defense is legit. Um, they struggled again uh, last week against Indiana. They were able to squeeze by at the end once again. Not a lot of explosive plays, but this is still a really good team. One of the best teams Maryland's going to play all year. And definitely still, even though they have that loss to Ohio State, still a contender to win the Big Ten championship.
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, obviously a question, a questionable performance against Indiana uh, last week and really scraping by with, uh, with a nine-point victory. But again, their defense is just so, so good. And it's going to be su- such a test uh, for Maryland's offense going against a Penn State defense that allows under 235 you know, yards per game you know uh, they allow 162 passing yards per game. That's that, that's that's almost like half of t- of Talia Tagavelo's a uh, total. They do not allow uh, running backs to get into the game. They 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 allow 70 yards per game. Maryland's rushing attack, which has struggled all season, and Mike Lockley said uh, during you know this week of how they really want to get the rushing game uh, back involved. Uh, only had 13 total uh, rushes against Northwestern. This is certainly one hell of a matchup uh, to to kind of start that against uh, going against. Penn State, but this is gonna be Maryland's toughest defensive test that they faced um, all season. Um and it's we're we're gonna learn a lot about Toledo talking about, about Obviously, it's a couple games in a row where he's, you know we've seen some some crucial mistakes. Um, this is a Penn State defense, which doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So it's gonna be a really interesting battle to to see Maryland's offense, which we know. we know what their ceiling is, but we also know, what their low is when, when when the mistakes pile up and going as such a stout defense, I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup to look out for.
0: Yeah, Penn State's defense, like you said, is absolutely sensational. Um, in terms of pure talent is up there with anyone in the country. Manny Diaz, a defensive coordinator. Um, a lot of people remember him maybe in recent years from his time in Miami, but still a really, really good defensive coordinator and they have a ton of talent. Um, Chop Robinson stands out as a guy that Maryland fans are obviously uh familiar with because You know, he's at Maryland as a freshman, then he transfers. Um, He was out in the last game. He suffered a concussion against Ohio State. So uh, worth keeping an eye on him, um, kind of as an edge rusher uh, to see if he's available. But this Penn State team, like you said, still so loaded, so good against the run. Abdul Carter is one of the best linebackers in the country. Um, Penn State has one of the best collections of secondary talent in the nation. Um, This is a really, really stout group that's going to be a huge challenge for Maryland. Uh, Maryland needs to establish the run more, like you mentioned, than they have in previous games. This is a really, really bad matchup to do that against, especially considering Maryland's offensive line has not been quite as good as maybe it was earlier in the season over the last couple weeks. Um, So, you know, we're going to see how that all plays out and and see if Maryland can maybe set the tone there. But this Penn State team, like you would expect from one that has a defense as good as it does, um, is kind of a grinded out team. They're not Necessarily as explosive as maybe you've seen from them in past years, you know, back, I'm going back a couple years now, but when they had like Saquon Barkley, um, when they had those collections of receivers that maybe they've had in recent years, um, not quite as explosive, but still just as dangerous and, and, you know, one of the best teams in the conference led by that defense, which is so, so, so good.
1: You know, and I think it's definitely really concerning for Maryland. You know, we said, we actually mentioned he wants to lean on the run game a l- little bit more. But I think inevitably it's, you're going to have to rely on on the passing attack a lot. And you mentioned the offensive line, right? You, they, they allow six sacks a- a- against... Uh, Northwestern. Now you go against a Penn State team that leads the that, that leads the Big Ten in sacks and allows the least amount of, of rushing yards per game. It's a it's 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 a scary matchup. If you're Maryland, if you're an offensive team, if you're a team that's trying to build back its offense, maybe maybe play a little bit smarter. And it just seems like the stars are wanting Penn State's a team that's able to force other teams into a lot of mistakes, and that's why I I, I think it's going to be an incredible. It's going to be an uphill battle uh, for for Maryland uh, to win this one.
0: Absolutely. And I would be doing a disservice if I didn't mention Kalen King, who's the top defensive back for Penn State, probably a first round pick this year, one of the best in the country. Um, and, you know, the he's is going to cause all sorts of problems for Talia, um, a huge game for him to bounce back. Um, we saw the mistakes on display against Northwestern. We talked about it a ton in the reaction episode, if you guys want to go listen to that. But um, the way that we saw him, you know, he had the fumble. Um, earlier in the game, that kind of shifted the momentum and then the game-sealing interception. Um, we saw the display of the mistakes that we've been hoping for Talia Valoa to erase uh, in recent years. Like you said, Maryland cannot make a lot of mistakes. Penn State is a really opportunistic team at forcing mistakes, really steady defense, the kind of defense that is going to be really hard to penetrate. So, yeah, it'll probably come down to who, make, who makes fewer mistakes on that regard, and if Maryland starts to dig itself into a hole, this is a really, really tough team to make a comeback against. Um, but what Penn State doesn't do, at least hasn't shown so far this season, is that explosive playability that maybe they were hoping. And that all starts with quarterback Drew Aller, who's in his first year starting. Five-star quarterback, I believe the top quarterback in his class. Uh, he was sitting behind Sean Clifford last year, didn't really get into any games uh, with you know a couple exceptions. But um, Drew Aller has been, he's shown the flashes. We've seen the flashes from Drew Aller. We've seen why he was so hyped up, and why a lot of fans were, you know, questionable about Sean Clifford and whether or not they should have just accelerated the development of Drew Aller and thrown him in there. But what we've also seen is Penn State's inability to get the ball down the field efficiently. Yeah. What they've done is they've kind of grinded out their opponents, and that's easy to do when you have two of the best running backs in the country, Katron Allen and Nick Singleton. Are it, for my money, I know a lot of people, you know michigan has a really good running back group for my money penn state has the best two running backs at least the best one two running back duo in the country um behind a really good offensive line as well so you know you can kind of understand them playing to their strengths there and they don't necessarily have those those big play um receivers maybe like they did you know um parker washington is gone from last year uh mitch tinsley not necessarily a huge big play guy but but a really good receiver that that's kind of on and off an nfl roster right now um with Keandre Lambert Smith as kind of your only big play threat that at least we've seen. You know, they have guys like Dante Cephas and stuff that can make big plays, um, but it's going to start and end Penn State's offense, at least in terms of how far it can go. Maybe not in this game specifically, but how far Penn State can go offensively. It starts and ends with Drew Aller because if he's locked in, he could take them to a new level. But from what we've seen so far, he hasn't been able to maybe push them over the edge in the way that they were hoping.
1: Yeah, and and I th- and I think for, for for Drew Aller, right? I think like you mentioned he has he has the fortune of being able to rely on. I would agree with you, the best running back duo in in the Big Ten. But both guys are both uh, top ten in the conference and uh, in yards. Both over both over four hundred yards on the season. But Drew Aller, he's he's again he struggled with the big plays. He's really struggled on the road. Uh, he hasn't really been able to generate a lot on the road. He's completing under fifty percent of his passes, averaging just just around five five yards in attempt. Only has two touchdowns on the road. So again, you kind of you can kind of feel that this game is going to be put in the hands of the running backs, just looking at how Drew Aller has has performed on the road. And it's like, like you said, it's going to be Penn State, they grind out their opponents and the kind of the game as the game goes on, the better Penn State gets. Just because on the defensive side of the ball, they're really able to frustrate you, grind you out. But again, if you can, if you can force Drew Aller to make plays, and it's weird saying this. He's a five-star recruit. He's a, obviously a very talented player, but that seems like uh, like when teams have the best chance of beating Penn, Penn State. And you saw Ohio State do that. I, I think in the in the first half of that game, I think Drew Aller had, had, had or in the first quarter, I think completed like one of his first 10 passes, something like that, or one of his first eight. So again, if, if you force uh, Drew Aller to make big plays, explosive plays. That's where Penn State's offense has kinda lacked a little bit. But when they're able to get find its find the rhythm in the run game, that's when it's over for their yeah,
0: opponents. Maryland has uh, really emphasized their thing this year, which is win the explosive play battle and win the turnover battle. And they have in the past three games. No, they have not. But this opponent, their defense is really good and could definitely force a bunch of Maryland turn- turnovers. But if you're talking about winning the explosive play battle, Maryland certainly can go toe for toe or punch for punch with Penn state in terms of generating offensive explosive plays. I mean, you have, this is the case pretty much every time they play Maryland plays anyone this year, but Maryland has the far more experienced quarterback. Maryland has an offense that, you know, it's struggled a little bit, but, but still has certain explosive play ability that we necessarily haven't seen from Penn state, at least on a consistent basis. I can certainly see a scenario where if Maryland goes ahead early, Penn State's put in a very difficult position. You kind of saw that against Ohio State. Once Ohio State got a lead of, I don't know, 10 points or so, once Ohio State got ahead by two scores, they had to throw the ball a lot, Penn State did. Did not go so well. Drew Aller had to throw the ball over 40 times, I believe, in that game, and it just wasn't working for him. So if Maryland can force Penn State into a situation where they have to play from behind, where they need quick scores, or at least they need to punch back, Maryland, that's where they have the advantage in this game. If Maryland can break out an explosive play, if they can somehow get behind that, that really stout Penn State defense, then you start seeing an inexperienced quarterback that hasn't really responded too well to adversity so far, at least you know, on the road, maybe start to struggle a little bit, and then maybe Maryland can eke one out on Saturday. That's, that's yeah. my Diagnosis.
1: No, no, no. And I agree with that. But you also say you kind of look, oh, it's the more experienced quarterback, but it's also the more mistake-prone quarterback, right? Who and, and you look at Drew Aller, he only has two interceptions on the entire season, talking about the low, you know, near the top of the conference, right? So it's it's that, right? And it's, as we've seen in the past three games, it's that mistake that is kind of, for Maryland, that kind of given the other team momentum. And when you go against a defense like Penn State, which is one of, one of if not the best in the country, you kind of expect at least one of those mistakes to happen, whether it's a fumble or an interception, but you for Maryland, you have to hope that that doesn't, you know, allow, uh, allow you to, to kind of unravel. And we've seen that over the past few games. So I think that's, and I said this last week, the key, the keys to the game was going to be against an inferior opponent in Northwestern. It's going to be limit the mistakes. Don't, don't allow Northwestern to gain momentum. Talk about talking about Loa, first, first uh, second drive, the fumble, the pick to end the game. And now it's the same thing as a much better opponent, right? You think that, that Maryland has the potential for for more explosive plays, but at the same time, the you know, the the the, uh, the potential for more mistakes, and that's and that's what has given Penn State the upper hand in previous years, and what can give them the upper hand come Saturday.
0: Yeah, and Penn State, like I said, their offensive line is really really good. One detractor of having those grind them out drives that last you know double digit plays and take a lot of time off the clock, even yeah. though you have those great running backs, is one negative play, and all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball. So that, that's that's one thing that Maryland's defensive front can really frustrate that Penn State offense by generating a sack on first down or uh, a loss of four yards on a run where they, they, they blow up a play in the backfield. Something like that could immediately kill a Penn State drive. Now, do I expect Maryland's defense to get a lot of pressure on this Penn State offense and to make Drew Aller uncomfortable and to stop those running backs? No, I don't. But if Maryland can do that, if Maryland can generate pressure, And if Maryland can make Penn State uncomfortable, that's what it's going to come down to on the defensive side of the ball is making a quarterback who hasn't played too well on the road and making a team that doesn't necessarily have the ability to switch the game's momentum in one play to make them uncomfortable and force them to play your game instead of playing their game.
1: Yeah, no, I I I think you're you're exactly right with that. And I think Penn State, I think just just the way that that they've been able to dominate lesser teams, kind of well, except for Indiana, you know, be, between the trenches to tire them out. That's what's gonna ultimately. I, I think we'll get into predictions. I, I think that's that's what's gonna allow them to prevail. And I think as this game get uh, you know gets into the third, the fourth quarter, it's gonna be those long drives against tired Maryland defense, which I think will allow them to kind of to pull out a uh, a victory and erase Maryland's hopes of a uh, of a, of a ranked Big 10 victory.
0: Yeah, well we're going to get to some football scheduling news after this. So we can jump right into predictions. I think we've mostly uh unless there's yeah. anything that you think we haven't hit on but but I think we've hit on most of the important points at least. Do you, oh, yeah. do, you uh, do you have anything that you want to add before we jump into score predictions?
1: Uh Mike Locksley said that that they're definitely shaking hands, so for Maryland fans <laughs> don't think that's going to happen again.
0: Maryland 1 and 0 in games where they don't <laughs> shake hands against that's Penn State. True. Um but yeah, the the interesting thing that I saw about the score before we jump into our predictions is that um, it seems like the betting market is coming in on Maryland. I don't know if that's more of a uh, consensus on maybe Maryland's being undervalued or maybe Penn State, people aren't super confident in them, but the line opened at over 11 points. I think it was about 11 and a half, 12. Now it's down to eight-ish uh, in favor of Penn State, which is certainly interesting to see people maybe thinking that this game will be closer than expected. Um, but taking that all into account, What's your score prediction for Saturday when Maryland plays Penn State?
1: Uh I'm, I'm going to give a a quarter by a quarter, by quarter breakdown.
0: Okay, very detailed. I I like it.
1: Well, very detailed. 7 to 3 Maryland at the end of the first quarter. Okay. 13 7 Penn State at the half. 16 7 Penn State after the third quarter. And 26 to 7 at the end of the game Penn State.
0: So that's depending on when Maryland scores that touchdown, that's over 20 unanswered points for Penn State. Correct. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Maryland scoring seven points, you know, it seems like it's obviously a few, but this is such a good defense that it's hard to disagree with you that you know, Maryland could be completely shut down. Um, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic from a Maryland perspective about how close this game could be. Um, I'm not going to pick Maryland to win the game because I don't think they quite have enough to get over the hump. And I think that Penn State defense and those running backs are good enough for them to beat pretty much anyone on their schedule, except for Ohio State, which we already saw, and then Michigan, Um, I think, next week or maybe two weeks from now. Um, So I'm going to go with Maryland 14, Penn State 20. I think Penn State wins this game. I don't think they're overly impressive on offense. Yeah. I don't think Maryland is either. I think Maryland's defense has enough to keep Penn State's offense in check and at least limit, like I said, limit explosive plays, not let them get ahead super early. I can definitely see this game being a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, but I think Penn State has just enough to uh, to get over the hump and, and beat Maryland, give them their fourth straight loss.
1: I, I, I want to add something too because I, I know I I say that Penn State I think they're going to win twenty six to seven, but I just I wouldn't be surprised if Maryland somehow pulled off this upset. I think Maryland they 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 they've kind of thrown us for all these twists and turns this season. You know you think they're going to do this, they do the opposite. So for all I know, Maryland may may go out there until totally you talk about a little may throw five touchdowns. Like it's like I just this team kind of whatever whatever you expect them to do they do the opposite it kind of feels like so I I really do think anything can happen this weekend
0: well I liked Roman Hemby's quote uh this week where he said and this is coming from a player who's been in the locker rooms had the conversations with coaches and his teammates a player saying uh we are good enough to beat anyone but we're also we can play bad enough to lose to anyone so when you hear a player like that you know an important player say something like that on the record it's certainly a little bit high opening um, I kind of agree with him wait, in that Maryland wait, wait, wait. has Maryland has the talent to beat a team like Penn state, no doubt about it, even though they haven't shown it recently, we've still seen that Maryland can, you know, hang around with the top team, at least for a bit. And in that Ohio state game it was a, you know, one possession game going into the fourth quarter. So if that happens against Penn state, which is a little bit less potent, doesn't have a Marvin Harrison jr., which I mean, gave even Penn state's defense, all sorts of trouble. Gus Johnson yeah. called him Maserati Marv, probably a oh, hundred times. I,
1: I, 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 I. I had to turn the TV off. It was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I mean, Gus Johnson's great, but (laughs) I love Gus Johnson. He was rubbing it in a little bit, but, but even so the point being that, you know, I can see Maryland hanging around and then it's possible that they could pull this one out. I feel, especially because this game is at home. I know there's going to be a lot of jokes made and and a lot of stuff about how many Penn State fans are going to be there, but because this game is at home, it's not at Ohio State um I can definitely see Maryland keeping it close for four quarters. Uh do you want to jump into scheduling news now that we've recapped this or at least previewed this Penn State game?
1: Sure. Uh yeah, so the Big 10 uh, revealed the conference schedule for next season. Uh Maryland will kick off it's its conference slate in in week 2 of, of the entire season, so very early uh at home against Michigan State. Um, in between uh, that game, they'll have their three uh, non-conference games against UConn, Virginia, and Villanova. And we'll also see later in the season we'll see Maryland travel travel out west to to Eugene, which will be very interesting uh, to see that for sure. To see Maryland play a uh, a game in, in in Eugene, Oregon. It's definitely not something you would have thought you would say uh, a few years ago. But Emmett, uh, I mean, if you kind of want to go through game by game, but I think those are definitely the highlights.
0: Yeah, for sure. That that West Coast travel um, and seeing yeah. Maryland play out there is definitely going to take some getting used to. But
1: November 9th, biggest... by the way, that game. November 9th. What's that? November 9th. November nineteenth. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, so I'll uh, I'll go kind of game by game here, but um, but the biggest takeaway before I get into that is this schedule is really backloaded, and this schedule oh, it's crazy. It's this crazy. Schedule Certainly has the makeup of a Maryland team that might. You know, we don't know what this Maryland team is going to look like next year, and we don't know what the expectations are going to be, but I can certainly see a scenario where maybe they have a similar start to this year where they can get off hot and then start stacking some losses later in the year. Um, like you said, you mentioned the first four games, UConn, Michigan State, Virginia, and Villanova. Um, who knows what Michigan State will look like? Who knows if Virginia will be improved? But you would expect at face value, Maryland to get at least three, maybe four wins out of that. Um mm-hmm. And then they play Indiana and Northwestern in their next two games. There's a bi-week sandwich in between those two games. Um, two other teams that you would think are winnable games. You know, we, we talked about the the Northwestern thing already a hundred times. Um, but, you know, you're looking at potentially having five, six wins uh, at that point in the season by October 12th. But then it starts to really heat up. You host USC the first ever time that Maryland's hosting USC, which will be a uh, be certainly interesting um you know usc maybe not as good as we thought this year but that's still a marquee program coming to college park still going to be a really really good team maryland will have an uphill battle in that game then you're at minnesota um a solid team tough to play on the road the oregon game you mentioned you know they're probably going to lose that game realistically speaking oregon's really good you know they're not they want to but they're still really really good home against rutgers not the final game of the season um, but home against Rutgers, you know, we, we've seen those two teams uh, go back and forth in recent years. Um, Rutgers is Maryland's protected rival, so they'll be playing them every year um, from here until they add more teams and have to fix the scheduling again. Um, but, yeah, there's that game. Then you're home against Iowa for the last home game of the regular season, um, and Iowa will be without Brian Ferentz. So maybe they will be a, a good offensive team next year. Um, but then, the, interestingly, they end the season at Penn State which for all the it seems like mostly Maryland people that want that to become a rivalry that are looking for that to become a rivalry. We didn't mention this when we were talking about the game, but Maryland's beaten Penn state only three times ever in like 40, I think it's 46 attempts um, only twice since joining the big 10 final game of the regular season. It's November 30th. It's a little later than usual. It feels like Um, Maryland at Penn state kind of a cool way to end the season. We'll see if Maryland is still, uh, you texted this earlier today. Maryland's still standing on two feet after that that grind of a schedule to to end the season. But but I think it's a little bit cool to see Maryland play Penn State in the final game of the regular season. Do you agree? Yeah,
1: you No, know, I, I do agree. And I also do want to mention Maryland has two buys. I don't, I don't know if we, if we went over that. Definitely very interesting to see them have a conference game in week two of the season and then have a buy October, the week weekend of October 5th and then November 2nd. I don't. Recall the last time Maryland had two buys in this in a season? Do you, do you? Uh,
0: I don't I don't have it off the top of my head, but uh, certainly not in the last couple of years. I don't
1: believe. Yeah, it. So certainly not 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 in a very long time. But again, the you know the joke is always made. Oh, Maryland will have their 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 four and zero star. and then, I mean, this is this is incredible. I, I mean,
0: shaping it, up perfectly for the people. Is, I've never. I Maryland. mean,
1: it's always it's always you know the second half of the schedule is always harder for Maryland, obviously, as you get into Big Ten play. But with this with the new, I'll use your term, Super Conference. um, I mean to have your latter half of the season have have games against against Penn State and Iowa and USC and Oregon. I mean, whew, that tough, is tough. That tough is schedule. And then well, I mean, and then next year you're looking at the Washington Huskies. I mean, it's no, but in all seriousness, I mean, it's it's going to be a grind of a schedule uh, for Maryland. I Obvi- mean, um, obviously, it's going to be when you go out west to to fly fly out the. Take on Oregon, who might be one of the well, – will probably be one of the best teams in the country again. Like, again, I, I'm not looping on Oregon recruiting, but they'll be very, they're very always, good. They're always yeah. one of
0: the top teams. Yeah. They're always uh, really good.
1: And then, and then you come right back home to to take on a Rutgers team, which this season has, has kind of shown off and, and, and played really, really well. Um, They clinched a bowl game before Maryland this season. And, <laughs> and then, they played and,
0: Wagner, so I don't know. Hey, hey, hey. Like they're ball It counts. It counts. I, it counts. I, I, counts. I, I'm. I'm it counts. I'm selling on the Rutgers stock, but I'm still. It's impressive that Greg yeah. Ciano has kept yeah. that thing afloat, even though they've struggled in recent years.
1: And then, and then Iowa comes into town. Never, never an easy game. And then you go on the road to take on Penn State. I mean, it's those the last five games of the season. That is, that is grueling. Uh, I mean, there is a like you mentioned. I, I think there's a really. I think there's a genuine case we made that Maryland starts off the season five and one. I don't think six. I think six and those both. I'll six say
0: is, that's a lot of straight wins to start a season.
1: That's bold. I I think there's a case we made that they start off five and well, honestly, they'll
0: like be Mitchell, favored probably. Well, we don't yeah, know well, who their quarterback is. The quarterback is, quarterback be, is right? yeah. But, I was um,
1: I was gonna say is is, is Billy Edwards. Got, you know, gonna be a starter and lead Maryland to a. Uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see. Certainly, um, another interesting note this has been rehashed a couple of times, but it's kind of funny how like the second divisions got abolished. Everyone's like Maryland wins because Maryland doesn't have to play have to, Penn yeah. state, Ohio state, okay. and Michigan every year. Now I'm looking at this schedule for next year. And it's the same thing. They don't even have Michigan or Ohio state on the schedule. And it's I just know, as it's hard. Cool. Like yeah. you, instead of those three, now you have Penn state, Oregon, and USC. And then the year after that you have, uh you know, I, I don't remember exactly. um I don't have it pulled up, but I think you have, Michigan, you know, Michigan maybe. and Washington being added to that. Like, you know, it, it's with this conference and the way it's expanded and the way it's built itself up to be right there with the SEC as one of the toughest conferences in the country. It doesn't even matter if you have divisions at this point, like it's going to be a grueling schedule every single year. There are no years where, you know, Maryland's going to have an, an easy schedule Um, next year. You look at it and you say maybe it's shaping up favorably for a good start to the season. But yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that their end of season record is going to be really good. We don't have to talk too much about next year um and in the makeup of Maryland's team um you know because there's so much that's going to happen between now yeah. and then. But when you just look at the schedule yeah. and you just see some of the brand names on there, it's kind of hard to ignore that, you know, yeah. th- there are no weeks off in the big ten. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I just wanted to just just to add one thing. because I, I know you mentioned how oh, it's only gonna gonna you know people thought after Ohio State, Michigan, after the division get a, you know get abolished. But I'm just looking ahead right now, in, in 2025, you they go they go on the road to take on UCLA and Wisconsin, and they host Michigan and Washington, right? It's it's just in 2026 you go on the road to take on Ohio State and USC. It's That's crazy, crazy Ohio State it's crazy. and
0: USC on the road in one years.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no! And they're they're also hosting UCLA and Penn State. So I mean, it's just like it's, yeah, it's 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 going to be unbelievably tough for for Maryland to to pull off wins. And uh, yeah, and maybe when uh when Loxley said that they're they're not they're not they're not there yet to compete for Big Ten championships. I'm looking at looking at what lies ahead. I'm not sure if they'll if they'll ever be there. Not, not not to be the not to be the pessimist. I'm just trying to. Yeah, to no, think. You're being a
0: realist. You're not being a yeah, pessimist. I mean there personal. are. So I'll put it out there. There are a lot of roadblocks to that. Uh, also, without divisions, you're just going to get the top two teams, which should make for maybe a more interesting Big Ten championship game. Um, that true. all aside, while we're here, while we're talking about it, because we're not going to talk about this for, for probably a, a while, um, do we just want to give hazard record predictions for next year if for the people who have made it this far into the episode? Let's go for cool. it. Let's go for it. I'm going to look down the schedule here. Um, I'm going to say they start 5-1, and one, like you said. Um, lost to USC. Uh, I'm gonna say they they probably lose to Minnesota and Oregon, and they beat Rutgers and lose to the next two teams. So, um, that would be starting what five and one and finishing six and six. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that a six and six record next year would be, uh, realistic expectation for for this team.
1: But but again, the problem, like like you mentioned, is we don't know who their quarterback is. <laughs> That's a very no,
0: we don't we don't know who the most important really, position is. going to really be. Really
1: important. No, but um, if let's say they have let's say a guy like Billy Edwards play is a starting quarterback. Let's let's play let's play hypothetical. I agree. I I I think they beat UConn, and then I think you look at Michigan State, Virginia, Villanova, Indiana, Northwestern. I'm gonna say they go. I'm gonna say they go four and two in those games. I don't think they go five and one. I think okay. they go four four and two, um, and then I, I, I think they pull off two wins, uh, whether it's with between Minnesota, Rutgers, and Iowa. I, I think they're able to pull off two wins, and I think they finish six and six.
0: Okay, six and six. Um, certainly in play for this year's team, too. Uh, this year's yeah. team is not bowl eligible yet, um, but they'll have a chance on Saturday against Penn State. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Really appreciate it as always. Basketball season is right around the corner. Early next week, we'll have a basketball episode with the men's team starting their season on Tuesday and the women's team on Monday. Uh, Thank you all so much. And we will see you after the game on Saturday.